It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Serbia's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be looking at Serbia's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Short version, please. Well, that brings us to the end of the player-by-player player discussion, and uh, we move on to a discussion of the squad in general. So I should actually explain my shirt here. It's a little weird that I'm wearing a Canada shirt, uh, although this uh, media cast is coming to you from Canada. I guess I slyly took the opportunity to slide in my Canada shirt because it looks kind of similar to... Uh, to Serbia's shirt, and uh, I've confessed in a few podcasts now that my poverty of international shirts is a bit of a problem, and I just use that as an excuse to kind of wear my Canada shirt when the colors are the same. So if any Serbians are resentful of that, I am both sorry, and I urge you to solve the problem by sending me a Serbian shirt. That's my solution. Okay, let's move on to um, some of the notes that we discussed at the top of the podcast. So uh, I'll just kind of mention the ones that are more team-based and uh, detail the ones that are more player-based. So at the beginning of the podcast, we noted that uh, Serbia uh, is a legacy of Yugoslavia. So uh, even though the the uh, Serbian national soccer team in name has only been around since uh, around 2006. Uh, they are descendants of Yugoslavia who have been around much, much longer. In terms of Yugoslavia's intermittent success, it actually seems more like Croatia um, uh, copies that success more than uh, Serbia does, um, uh, sometimes reaching uh, deep into the cups, uh, but only Croatia has done that. Um, since the breakup, uh, Serbia often reaches the cup, uh, but doesn't uh, go far, doesn't get beyond the group stage and actually doesn't reach the Euro Cup. Uh, we question whether Serbia could, should be viewed as a weak European team, because they're the only European team who didn't play in the 2020 Euro Cup, and the only European team that is uh, in the uh, Nations League B, uh, on the other hand, uh, that's not questioning that they deserve to be here. And in terms of ranking, they are among uh, the European teams uh, in this cup, probably the second tier European teams uh, in the top 25 uh, in the world anyway. Uh, now we'll move on to ones that are more player oriented. So um, we talked about formations of the team and we noted there was a big uh, shift after the World Cup. Um, and that was largely um, due to the next point. So we'll kind of cover them both at once. It was largely due to the retirement of defensive players, uh, especially the left back and right back, uh, Kolarov and, um, yikes, the name is uh, eluding me, Kolarov and uh, uh, um, uh, Ibra, uh, uh, Ivanovic, <laughs> Branislav Ivanovic, huh? Whew. I think I dodged a bullet there. Um, those two players retiring, and really there are not many players uh, in their position to replace them. So that has kind of forced them 
to change from a four-man defense to a three-man defense. And um, now, uh, well, we'll talk about it a bit later, but I kind of worried that they're kind of stuck with a three-man defense because they really haven't developed players, uh, left-backs and right-backs, uh, to replace those two players. So we saw they were forced to change into a three-man defense uh, but I worry that that uh, makes them a bit inflexible going forward. I mean, if I was one of the teams uh, playing against them, I would kind of target the wings, uh, target my attacks from the wings. But we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later. Let's talk a little bit about club affiliations for the uh, Serbian team. So... Um, I wouldn't say top, top teams. They're, some of their players have played uh, for top teams, but currently uh, we really only have Phyllis uh, Kostic for uh, Juventus and uh, maybe Ristic for Benfica uh, in terms of top clubs. We have um, uh, maybe secondary clubs in... Um, oh, Vlahovic also plays for Juventus. We have uh, kind of secondary clubs like Gudelj uh, with Sevilla, I think there's another player with Sevilla too, uh, the goalkeeper Dimitrovic, and uh, Fiorentina in Italy. Um, Porto in Italy is uh, Porto in Portugal is a big club, um, but I've named most of the big clubs right there. But that only represents about a quarter of the squad. Uh, the squad. So the other teams are teams like uh, Mallorca in Spain, uh, Torino. Uh, Fiorentina in Italy, uh, Sampdoria, a lot of them do play for uh, kind of second tier clubs in Italy. And then a few with second tier clubs in England, like uh, Fulham. A lot of them have played in England. Uh, I think there were a couple who played with Southampton and um, some of the veterans played for uh, big clubs in England, but are now retired from the team. Um, but uh, it's interesting, too, that most of them play abroad. So I'm only seeing one player uh, with Red Star uh, Belgrade here. So it seems um, uh, most of them move out of, um, uh, of Serbia, probably because the other teams pay more uh, money. So club affiliations, not amongst the uh, top teams there, but respectable clubs nonetheless. Okay, now let's move on to a couple of the stats that I've been working on. So, um, total players under consideration, uh, no, total players called up since 2021. Uh, the average is about 48.8, and um, Serbia is 35. So, really dealing with a smaller uh, pool of players, I believe that's the smallest that I've seen yet. Uh, and even uh, small clubs like Wales have uh, 42. Um, Qatar has 39. Uh, but most of them are over 40. So uh, the pool of players, I don't know whether they've kept it small on purpose or uh, whether they're just limited to that many uh, players as, as a lot of smaller countries uh, do have a smaller pool to choose from. Um, it's not a big problem, except the only place I would say it is a problem is in the right-back and left-back position. They don't seem to um, have players who uh, could fill that position. So, again, that kind of limits their defense to a three-man defense. In terms of uh, light, uh, um, kind of under-consideration players, it's 31. 
So these are definite, likely, or possible players. Again, that's a lot less, or not a lot less, but less than most teams. Uh, the average is 33.5 there. So um, again, kind of showing um, a bit of less of a pool to choose from than some of the bigger teams. Uh, and then the candidates who are definite or likely are 21 candidates uh, in that. So that means, uh, and that also is quite low, although most teams are kind of between 20 and 25. Uh, the average is 21.5. So actually uh, not really anything to speak of there. But they got to bring 26 players to the cup. And so um, from those 31 players, probably uh, those uh, five extra players will come. So uh, uh, basically choosing half of the, probably half of the possible players. But that doesn't take into account injuries or kind of players in good form that they suddenly add on to the team. And we'll try to update that in the uh, podcast, uh, the update podcast in November, where we might get a better of idea of who is actually going to make the team. Uh, a couple of other stats in terms of age, uh, the average age of Serbia, Serbian players is 26.5. And uh, at the beginning of this series, I would have said that that is a bit high, but actually it's lower than the average. So I am finding teams in this cup, uh, um, teams in general, uh, going with slightly older players. Uh, it used to be 25 to 27 um, but I haven't uh, really seen uh, many teams that are under 26 here. And so this turns out to be a fairly average number, uh, even actually a bit younger than most teams. And that's kind of explainable uh, by we saw a lot of especially defensive, defensive players uh, retiring. So a lot of their older players retired after 2018 and have been replaced with younger players. Um, to put a point on it, they only have uh, six players who are over 30. The oldest is Dusan Tavic at uh, 33. And they have uh, three of the, sorry, seven. Three of the seven players who are over 30 are actually 30. So um, my cat is meowing behind me. What's wrong? I think it's feeding time. But um, um, my wife usually comes home and feeds him. Anyway, so uh, three of those seven players are uh, at 30. So uh, a, a relatively young team. And then at the other end of the scale, they have uh, six players who are 23 or under and three of them who are 21 years old. So uh, not looking bad in terms of age even after the cup. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of players retiring um, um, going into the next tournament there are teams who uh, you can see they they will have to do a big rebuild after the world cup here okay average caps is 26.7 so uh with them being a bit younger this is also a bit below average too um uh, the average is 29.8 so perhaps a bit less experienced than uh than some of the teams that have an older age. And uh, we'll talk about goals. A total of 112 goals among the players uh, that are here. That doesn't mean a whole lot until we put it in perspective. So we have uh, 
started relying on this stat of goals per player, and it's 13.5%, which also doesn't mean much until we compare it with other teams. And actually, 13.5% uh, is bang on average. Uh, they, the average is 13.6%. So they score a, a reasonable amount of goals. But if we look at who is scoring the goals, we really uh, see that it's only coming from a couple of players, especially Alexander Mitrovic. So uh, of those 112 goals, 50, 50 of them are his. He has 50 goals in 76 games. So uh, as we said, an incredible scoring machine. He scores at a ratio of 65.8%. Uh, there's got to be only a couple of players in the world with a scoring ratio like that. But the other forwards are quite good too. Um, uh, Vlahovic is at 50%, but that's eight goals in 16 games. So... Um, that's really not enough games to make a firm statement, but it's a good start anyway. Uh, usually we, we, we want them to have more than 20 games before we can really uh, say anything with confidence. But still, uh, Luka Jovic, the other forward, has nine goals in 28 games, 32%, which is also reasonably good. And then some of the non-forwards, uh, Dusan Tadic is at 20%, and um, uh, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, is at 17%. So the numbers go down pretty steeply from there. So not a lot of players scoring, uh, not a lot of players scoring for um, Serbia, but the forwards certainly do their job and uh, are impressive in their scoring. Um, and we'll come back to that a bit later. Let's move on to players and issues. And so uh, in defense, we have um, kind of an undecided starting keeper. Uh, so we saw that um, uh, we saw that uh, it was um, Dimitrovic who seemed to be uh, the second string keeper during the cup, uh, but then Radjkovic fairly took uh, fairly uh, quickly took over the starting position for most of the World Cup qualifying games. But for since uh, since then, it's been uh, kind of a mix actually. Um, Dimitrovic, Radjkovic, and uh, Milinkovic Savage, that's Vanja Milinkovic Savage, the brother of the uh, of the midfielder. Uh, all three of them played uh, in the Nations League games in June, with Milinkovic Savage playing both of them. So uh, a bit uncertain as to um, uh, who the keeper is going to be. Sorry, I should have saved that details for the uh, for the final run through. Maybe uh, gave a bit too much information. Anyway, the starting keeper is undecided. Uh, the other uh, uh, consideration in defense is that they really have too many central defenders and uh, not enough right backs or left backs. I mean, virtually a dearth of left backs and right backs. So that forces them into um, uh, a three-man back line. And I'm a bit concerned about them uh, this is the right place to say it. I'm a bit concerned about them uh, not having the flexibility to move to a four-man backline, and uh, I think teams will will make a point of attacking them down the wings because they really um, can't adjust their formation at least to uh, to cover the wings. Now maybe the players can adjust their behaviour uh, on the field. Um, also, it's really been a mix of uh, who these central defenders are. Um, uh, 
but anyway, uh, to, to make a long story short, it, it kind of seems to be a rotation uh, of, of the players uh, there in central defence. I had to pause there to let my cats go outside. That's what they were meowing about earlier in the podcast. So anyway, I'm back and we'll just finish up with central defenders. So even though they really have a lot of candidates here, they've done a pretty good job um, boiling it down to, to uh, some main players, uh, some main players there. However, in the midfield, I would say it's a bit more bewildering, a bewildering array of defensive and central midfielders. And uh, this one was really hard to simplify for the for the um, uh, media cast here. It seems to be too much. Uh, basically, five players sharing two positions with with a couple of others uh, uh, coming into the position uh, here and there. Uh, there is a bit of consistency though in that they did keep um, pairs together. So Lukic and Gudelch played as a pair several times. And so did uh, Maximovic alongside uh, Grulich, Grujic. Uh, so um, a bit of consistency there, but uh, really um, seemed uh, kind of hard to follow uh, and hard to identify any real starters there. Uh, on the left wing or the kind of left attacking midfield, it's a bit undecided. Uh, it seemed um, firmly uh, Kostic uh, as a starter and Mladenovic as a backup. Sorry, uh, this is left wing, not left attacking midfielder. Uh, it seemed Kostic and Mladenovic uh, until the Four Nations League games where they uh, baffled me by using four different starters in those games. So um, I'm looking forward to the September games to see uh, if they kind of nail down a starter that position the right side on the other hand is much more stable with uh uh Radonjic and Zivkovic uh, uh, kind of sharing the role um fairly equally uh finally the left attacking midfielder is also uh undecided uh three different players Juricic, Mil uh, Milinkovic Savic and Lukic uh played through World Cup qualifying and friendlies and then um they all played uh, each. They all played one game in each of the four Nations League games, so uh, a little un, unsettled as to who the starter actually is there. Again, the right side is more stable with uh, Dusan Tadic pretty entrenched as the right attacking midfielder, and uh, on the attack, actually their attack looks very healthy, except uh, they're a bit limited in their options. And what I mean by that is, especially if Mitrovic gets injured, um, uh, they're really in tough uh, if that happens. Uh, uh, Mitrovic and Vlahovic are excellent options. And Jovic uh, did a good job uh, stepping in for uh, Vlahovic and did, does a good job as a substitute. Uh, Vlahovic was injured for the June games. Uh, but beyond those three, there's really not much, uh, there, there's really no candidates. So uh, I worry that if, if there's an injury uh, amongst those three, it will have a bigger effect than if they had a, a bigger pool to kind of choose from. So, um, uh, but that's not taking anything away from the quality of those forwards who all do their job, which is scoring goals. All right, let's through, uh, run through some of the new players. So I'm going to focus the discussion here just on candidates that seem definite or likely. There's a whole bunch of candidates who are possible, but um, 
a lot of them won't even make the squad. Uh, so among new candidates, we have Vanja Milinkovic Savage. So even though his uh, his older brother is a veteran, he's uh, new to the squad since 2021 and has just six caps. He's 25 years old. And uh, he started uh, two of the four Nations League games there, so has a chance at being a starter. Uh, central defender uh, Strahinja Avlovic. Again, we get more details in the full-length version of the podcast, so I won't repeat all those details here. But uh, the 21-year-old central defender has 21 caps already. And... Um, um, yeah, is, uh, has worked his way into the squad quite well. Uh, defensive midfielder Nemanja Maktimovic, uh, we have as a likely candidate, if I didn't mention that uh, Pavlovich uh, above was a definite candidate, he was. The next few candidates are likely level. Uh, Nemanja Maktimovic um, uh, has been with the team since 2016, but this would actually be his first tournament. And... Uh, um, I wonder if I should have put him in here because I didn't realize he was uh, as old as he was. Nevertheless, uh, his first tournament uh, would be this cup. Uh, Uros Rasic is a defensive midfielder who we consider a likely candidate. He got his first cap in 2021, in March of 2021, and is 24 years old. He plays for Valencia in Spain, so is a promising uh, uh, candidate here. Nemanja Gudelj is a central midfielder, uh, one of the many vying for a starting spot there. Uh, he's actually 31 years old, but has never played in a tournament. So um, this would be his, um, uh, this moment of opportunity. He was in China uh, for a couple of years, but has come back to play for Sevilla in Spain. So probably, uh, possibly a revival in his career a little bit there. Uh, Sasha Lukic is our final likely candidate. He's been with the team since 2018. He is 26 years old, but hasn't been in a tournament yet. And uh, he's uh, working his way, uh, getting a few more starts um, uh, there. And finally, the forward, uh, Dusan Vlahovic, uh, kind of a promising forward for them, who we consider a definite candidate. He got his first cap in 2020 and since has 16 caps and eight goals and is only 22 years old and plays for Juventus in Italy. So one of the uh, more promising candidates there. Okay, for injuries, uh, we did have a few players, including Vlahovic, who I just mentioned, who were out for the June games, but uh, they have since played for their club. So if that's the case, we don't include them in this list. And so in this list, we only really have one uh, uh, injury at this point. There may be a couple more by the time we do the November update. But uh, Uro Spahic uh, was out with a ligament injury, uh, a ligament rupture from late April. And he is expected to return back on November 25th. So that is actually shortly after the cup begins. So I'm sure they're keeping a close eye on him and hoping that he will uh, return. Um, uh, he will be fit to return for the cup. But again, it's going to be close. Uh, we have him as a likely candidate. Uh, so it won't be a, a terrible loss. They have quite a few uh, central defenders and he's not one of the kind of uh, starters 
there. So, but still, I'm sure they would like to have him as a backup. Okay, and then notable absences. We covered a lot of them uh, in the um, uh, player by player discussion because uh, some of them left holes, left big holes that needed to be filled, and uh, most of them were were real veterans. So, a bit a swath of retirement. Um, either right after the 2018 World Cup or in the time in between. Some of these guys continued playing after the World Cup but retired, let's say, in 2020 or something like that. But goalkeeper Vladimir Stojkovic, he was their starter in the 2018 World Cup and in the 2020 in the 2010 World Cup, as a matter of fact, but uh, retired after the uh, 2018 World Cup. Um, Dusko Tosic was a central defender, actually not as much a veteran as some of the others that we're talking about here. Uh, he was a starter, though, in the World Cup 2018, even if he did lose his position uh, for Game 3. And he's retired from uh, soccer completely now, as uh, is the case with Alexander Kolarov. So he is a left-back, and they really haven't found anyone to replace uh, um to replace him in a left-back position, just three possible candidates there. And so they've reacted to this by basically not using that position anymore, which I've mentioned a couple of times in the podcast. And he retired from soccer entirely in June uh, 2022. So the veteran was with uh, Serbia from 20, 2008 to 2020, 90 caps and 11 goals and played for some pretty big clubs. Uh, on the right side, it's the same situation with Branislav Ivanovic. Uh, he was with uh, Serbia from 2006 to 18 and had 104 caps and uh, 13 goals uh, in that time. And uh, he is also retired from soccer uh, uh, altogether. He, he didn't play for the national team after the 2018 uh, World Cup. And again, all of these players were starters in the 2028 or 2018 World Cup. Nemanja Matic, wow, what a what a uh, big names to lose. Nemanja Matic um, retired a bit more recently, actually last appeared in September 2021, and is still playing at the club level. Recently moving from Man United to Roma, uh, but he was with uh, uh, with. Um, uh, Serbia for uh, from 2008 and has 48 caps and two goals. So, uh, but a big loss, a big presence in the midfield. And finally, Luka Milivojevic, uh, actually still playing at the club level for Crystal Palace, where he's been for a long time, and is just 31 years old. So actually, it was a bit of a surprise when he announced his retirement at 29 years of age. Um, uh, last appearing for the team in October 2020. So he too was a starter in the uh, World Cup, even even though he too lost his position for uh, Game 3 of that Cup. So that's a lot of big names to go out. That's why they're a bit younger than uh, the average team. And uh, we move on now to the last uh, order of business, which is a prediction of the starters for the Cup. So I have to go back and copy uh copy the list here and we're going to highlight in green the ones who are definite starters oops uh the ones who are definite starters and we're gonna I, i've started to highlight in yellow 
players who are maybe in a rotation of starting or who we expect to start a couple of games at least. And uh, that's kind of uh, kind of hedging my bets, I suppose. But I should say that a lot of teams, maybe Serbia not as much as many, but a lot of teams are going with a rotation system of a couple of players rather than a defined starter with a backup, uh, with a player in the backup position. And perhaps uh, that's what's happening uh, in goal. Wait, I'll do the manager first. So Dragan Stojkovic, um, not a lot of experience as a manager, but he was a star, uh, a star player for Yugoslavia. Uh, he has become their manager since 2021, so he's a definite. Uh, as far as goalkeeper goes, what I was saying uh, there is that uh, in the Nations League game at the games at the end, they started to rotate uh, these three goalies. So we have Pedrag Radjkovic. Vanja Milinkovic-Savic and Marko Dimitrovic as uh, three definite candidates. So they're probably the ones they'll bring to the cup. The possible candidate, Marko Ilic, or even uh, Mile uh, Stilar, he's possible but unlikely, but has pretty impressive um, club affiliations, uh, maybe work their way in. But in the four Nations League games at the end, the three definite candidates, uh, candidates rotated uh, each playing one game except for Milinkovic Savic who played two so that leaves us scratching our head as to who they have in mind as a starter perhaps the September games will uh, will shed some light uh, as far as defenders go we have um, uh, we divided them into the three categories because they always go with a three-man backline. So we divided them into center central defender, left central defender, and right central defender. Well, among the center central defenders, we have uh, as definite candidates Stefan Mitrovic and Milos Velkovic. And I'm going to say um, Milos Velkovic is the uh, starter there the most likely starter but i do think stefan mitrovic will uh will start uh at least one game so again my my yellow highlight kind of hedging my bets on stefan mitrovic uh, for left central defender it's uh, pretty clearly defined there's really only one candidate uh, at a definite uh, and he's at the definite level and it's um Strahinja Pavlovich uh, almost seems certain to play in that position. And um, as a right central defender, we have Nikola Milenkovic. Um, I'm going to put him as the definite because uh, Uro Spahic is on the injury list and it's going to be close uh, whether he makes it or not. Uh, certainly it'll be Milenkovic if Spahic is unavailable. But even if he comes back from his injury, I wonder if they would uh, risk starting Spahic. So I think his injury is going to condemn him to the substitute bench if he makes the squad at all. Okay, well, uh, left-backs, um, we, we don't have any uh, real candidates because they don't use a left-back position. And uh, all of these players uh, who are coded as left-backs, their best chance of getting onto the field is as a left-winger. So nobody there. And uh, right backs, it's, it's kind of the same uh, period. I think Milan Gadgets uh, did play as a winger, a right winger, 
uh, once or maybe he played uh, somewhere on the right. I remember seeing his name, but that was uh, early in the period that we're talking about. So nobody from there. Uh, defensive and central midfielders. Uh, we said in the notes that this was a bit of a mess with them using uh, all sorts of players. So I'm going to mark uh, four players as um, in yellow to, 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 to denote that they will start some games. And uh, at the end, it seemed like there was a rotation going on with uh, Maximovic and Grulich uh, playing as a pair sometimes. And then the other two, Gudelj and Lukic, playing as a pair sometimes. And I think it'll be something along those lines. So likely candidate uh, Nemanja Maximovic. The other likely defensive midfielder, Uros Rasic, uh, I see as a substitute, not a starter. However, all of the likely central midfielders are the ones I've just mentioned. Marco Grusic, Nemanja Gudelj, and Sasha Lukic. Uh, I'm marking them all in yellow as kind of potential starters or players that I think will will start some games. Okay, left and right midfielders. They haven't really used a lineup that uses those positions. So we kind of moved players out of there uh, to the positions they've actually been playing. Uh, we move over to the left wing when it's a four or five man midfield. And we find uh, Philip Kostic plays there regularly enough to be confident that he's a starter. And uh, Philip Mladenovic as a possible player to make the squad uh, would be a backup if he does make the squad. On the right, though, it seems to be a rotation um, between, uh, well, I'll start at the beginning here. We have Nemanja Radonjic as a definite candidate. That means definite to make the squad. But if he does make the squad, uh, he's a substitute. So he's been called up for a lot of games, but not, uh, not being uh, started in many games. So um, we do, I'm not going to nominate him even as a possible starter based on the evidence I have. Rather, uh, Andrea Zivkovic and Darko Lazovic, I'm going to nominate as sharing the starting role. Uh, for some reason, I lean a little towards uh, Zivkovic, but I can't remember Martin, uh, why. It's just a feeling I have. Uh, perhaps it's that he's played there uh, more recently. Okay, uh, among the forwards, uh, we include uh, left attacking, right attacking, and uh, central attacking midfielders. On the left, uh, Sergei Malinkovic-Savage seems... Um, a definite starter. Not necessarily that he'll start on the left because he kind of moves around the pitch, even playing as a defensive midfielder sometimes. In fact, he's coded as a central midfielder. Uh, but uh, I think he's definitely going to be a starter no matter what formation they use or what position he's in. Um, on the right, uh, uh, Dusan Tadic, again, not necessarily starting as a right attacking midfielder because sometimes he played centrally but uh, they will definitely find a place for him on the pitch to play uh, and the central attacking midfielders is usually these two players uh, when it's a different formation so Sergei Milankovic, uh, Sergei uh, Milinkovic Savic and Dusan Tadic uh, also playing the central midfield uh, role when the formation calls for it 
And finally, uh, we have the forwards, um, Alexander Mitrovic, definitely a starter. Uh, Dusan Vlahovic has started quite a few games, uh, but I'm going to nominate him as a sometime starter. I think he will start a couple of games. Um, and Luka Jovic, uh, barring some injury to the top two, I see him uh, as a substitute, um, you know, unless uh, something uh, uh, something is wrong with the uh, other two players. So there we go. That is our predictions on the uh, starter. So we'll wait for the cup uh, just to find out how wrong we are. Or we may find out uh, that we're desperately wrong when we look at the September games. And that will be in the uh, update podcast, which will come out in early to mid-November. And um, maybe some light will be shed on some of the things we've said here. So that brings us to the end of this podcast. So keep your eye out for that update podcast. And meanwhile, uh, keep an eye on us at Soccer Files Canada. That's Soccer Files with a PH and an S at the end. And our website is Soccer Files. Oh, I got to show the picture here, uh, the uh, graphic. The, uh, and the uh, address there is at the bottom of the graphic soccerfiles.captivate.fm and uh, check the show notes because we've been trying to improve our uh, information in the show notes there are all sorts of links to previous podcasts and to the group podcasts here and uh, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time bye bye